0: Welcome to Tuesday and our feature on nature as a window into the divine with a reflection based on the writing of Carl Safina, this time from the concluding paragraph of Becoming Wild. But first, the Sarum Prayer. God be in my head and in my understanding. God be in my eyes and in my looking. God be in my mouth and in my speaking. God be in my heart and in my thinking. God be at my end and at my departing. Now the Wisdom of Jesus portion from Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake, The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long and have caught nothing. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken, and so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. And now a reflection based on Becoming Wild. Beautiful books have beautiful endings, like the final sentences in Becoming Wild by Carl Safina, who first sets the scene with these words. Deep in Sanso territory, at a picturesque rock-rimmed pool of water, ten or so chimpanzees repose in nearby shadows, dark shapes in dark shade. The author names two pairs, Irene with her infant, Isha, and Muhumuza with his mother, Melissa. These mothers and their children are companions of Simon, a 25-year-old chimpanzee introduced at the beginning of this final chapter, playing with Muhumuza. In a scene you just have to read for yourself on page 317. But in the book's final scene, the author takes in his surroundings the ten chimpanzees around the rock rim pool of water by first lowering himself to the ground, as he says it, placing my knuckles where innumerable chimps over incalculable time have placed theirs. One senses the humility of one who observes and listens, the posture of a student, a disciple of a great guru, Mother Nature. Then Safina muses on the likeness between chimpanzees and humans, how we both live in peace with our neighbors most of the time, but with more conflict, more moments of violent aggression than some other species, notably sperm, whales, bonobos, elephants. He writes, But chimpanzees are who they are, and we are what we are. We all have our limitations and our superlatives. The chimpanzees are doing their best, Safina infers, but wonders if we are. Could we do better than we do? and then those concluding nine sentences of the book. When the resting is finished and the chimpanzees begin flitting away, everyone goes to the right except Simon. He gazes down the trail in the direction his comrades have gone. Then he walks in the opposite direction, marching to his own drum, alone. He picks up his pace. He calls. Being alone, he's a bit nervous. No backup if there's trouble. He continues, south, south, south. He's going somewhere to someone he has in mind. In my chosen spiritual tradition, someone named Simon, near a pool of water, took the posture of a student, a disciple, following the beat of a different drum, one that appealed to him. Sosafina's image has great resonance with me this last paragraph, this ending, affected me. I like this posture the author has assumed throughout this book, becoming a student of the world in which he finds himself immersed, a world not of his own invention, but one of his own interpretation, a world we must make meaning out of, so he stoops down to observe, to watch with intelligence, and to listen, in hopes of doing better, Without thinking, when I first read this p- final paragraph, I did something I haven't done with a book before. Flip back to page one and started reading it all over again to listen better a second time. And now for our meditation. As you listen to the sounds of the rainforest in the background, place your focus on the chest where the heart resides. Imagine the heart throbbing with the same quality of life that animates the rainforest. The world around us is pulsing with life. Can we find its rhythm and follow along? Imagine this animating power alive in the rainforest as an orb of light encompassing your heart, inclining your heart to love yourself and to love your loved ones, and to listen to the world around you. Then imagine the orb of light expanding until it encompasses your entire body, the room in which you find yourself today and beyond as far as you can imagine. Or if you prefer, just listen to the birds. Go ahead. And now, a prayer to the Spirit. Fire of the Spirit, life of the lives of creatures, spiral of sanctity, bond of all natures, glow of charity, lights of clarity, taste of sweetness to sinners, be with us and hear us. And now, over the next minute, simply call to mind your loved ones of any species, plants included, lifting them in the embrace of remembered love, to the source of all being, go ahead. We close now with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. So, have a blessed day. Go in peace, wash your hands, love your neighbor. You are not alone.
1: light so pure and bright dispel the darkness of our hearts that by your brightness we may know the light incarnate word grant that the light deep and kindled in our heart May shine forth and give us divine life Dayspring of life, true light from life pour into every broken heart, peace and virtue binded by the We sing thy praises in our hearts, God of heaven. One, oh gracious light, so pure and bright, dispel the darkness of our hearts. That by your brightness we may.